most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? <laughs> You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Fancy Flex Night Shift podcast for everyone clocking those late night DFS hours. This is our night shift episode for week 11. We'll break down the Sunday and Monday night football DFS slates. I'm your host, Chris Raybon of the Action Network, and here to help me break down the two slates, one of the top fantasy rankers in the business, the odds maker, Sean Kerner. Sean, what's going on? What's up? Uh, no international game this week, unfortunately. It's only two uh, island games. Uh, I was starting to love uh, waking up at 5 a.m. on Sunday, but I guess I guess we get to sleep in this weekend. Yeah, I mean, after that last one, I mean, that, that last international game, I, we could we could all use a break after that. Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, if you haven't, be sure to check out our player projections episode. That's out right now over in the Action Network podcast channel, our fantasy preview where we break down the main slate. That's out right now on this channel. And uh, if you haven't checked out the Action Network Discord server, be sure to check that out as well. Link in the episode description. Sean's been in there uh, talking fantasy giving advice uh, and sweating some bets so check that out but let's jump right into sunday night football week 11 got the minnesota vikings josh dobbs third start going to denver to take on the surging broncos the broncos favored (laughs) by two and a half the total 43 and a half that's 820 eastern on nbc luck rankings we got both of these teams in the top 10 most luckiest uh, Denver at four and then Minnesota ninth so nothing major there but the both of these teams have been uh, scoring a bit more than you would expect in terms of their their total so we have a a luck under of uh, negative 4.7 which means uh, this is one of the top three under luck unders of Mm. the week Yeah, that's interesting. I, I mean, that Bronco Bills game was crazy because, you know, the Broncos benefited from having good field position with all those turnovers. And then they they mainly settled for field goals. So it was kind of like a mixed bag of, yeah, they got lucky, but then they got unlucky by not converting touchdowns. So interesting to see the total so low. Uh, I, I don't know if I can bet against Josh Dobbs right now. Uh, I, <laughs> I think the, the Vikings offense is uh, – much better now with him. I thought they were going to have Jaron Hall the rest of the season. So they might be getting Justin Jefferson back. So I don't know if I'm I'm attacking this under. What about you? Yeah, probably probably not. Although I think <laughs> it is interesting that, you know, this is going to be the first game with him and the Vikings that's outdoors because they played the Falcons oh, and then they played, yeah. uh, you know, they played indoors uh, at home against the Saints. So, I mean, maybe that's something. Maybe you could have a lower scoring game. Broncos defense is playing well, but – um, you know, I think a lot of that is probably coming still. Uh, I'm sure the Broncos expected score wasn't like on defense, wasn't 70 in that Miami game. So I'm sure that's contributing <laughs> to the luck yeah. ranking uh, under, but uh, who do you like in the captain spot? Um, so I think 
like a lot of the good options are on the Minnesota side. So I'm going to go with the Denver side. I think this might be a little bit under the radar, but I'm going with Javante Williams. Uh, mainly because I he's my number five running back uh, to open the week. I was shocked when I saw that. But when I looked into it, it made a ton of sense because, you know, similar to Brees Hall, he's been kind of eased back into action coming off his ACL tear last year. Uh, but the last few weeks, he's been dominating the the early down work. You know, I thought Jill McLaughlin might force more of a 50-50 committee. That hasn't happened. Um, and while Javante doesn't see as much passing down work as you would like, you know, Samaj P. Ryan's the two-minute back. Uh, McLaughlin's been mixing in as well there. Uh, he still gets targeted very heavily when he is on the field on a passing play around 30% of the time. So he's more than capable of still catching three to four balls here. Uh, but the, the Broncos specifically have been just leaning on the run a lot more the past three games. They've won the past three games. So I think they just stick with it here um, as slight uh, home favorites. Um, so I think Javante, you know, could have a big game here and it's excellent leverage against the rest of the field. I don't think he's going to be rostered enough in the captain slot. So uh, I like going with him there. Yeah, what do you think of the matchup? Minnesota is has been surprisingly good uh, on defense, period. But yeah, uh, against the run, they are what are they giving up like under def, way under four yards a carry to running backs uh, and not not a ton through the air either. Yeah, I, I mean, they just lost Jordan Hicks uh, yeah, for the season true. or just uh, either way. He's not playing here. Uh, so they're bringing back Anthony Barr. Um, yep, could be, you know, <laughs> even replacement. We'll see. But um, yeah, they have been a good, a bad matchup for running backs. But again, it's a one game slate, so I can't get too picky. But Javante has shown flashes in the past. He's a really efficient running back, so he could overcome, you know, a tougher matchup. But yeah, th- this Vikings defense has been impressive lately. Yeah, they gave they gave up 175 yards on the ground to DeAndre Swift. No oh, yeah, other back has no other back is more than 65 against them. So yeah, this is. Uh, but I mean, Javante, yeah, they were feeding him in that Buffalo game. So that's all you need on a one game slate is some yep. volume. Uh, I'm gonna go with Josh Dobbs in the captain spot. I think he's a a fun captain play because it, it makes a lot of sense because he's been running so much. He's averaging seven yep. and a half carries for 56 yards on the ground with one touchdown per game in his two games with the Vikings. And you know maybe he runs a a bit less if if Jefferson comes back. Uh, and whatnot, and you know, more guys are open, but I, I do think he's going to to run quite a bit. And remember, you still have Sertan, so you know, who knows? You know that you know, that matchup, if he wants to attack that, if Jeff if he's going to be on Jefferson a ton. So uh, either way, I think Dobbs is going to to run the ball. He has a few options to to kind of distribute the ball in the passing game. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson, Jordan Addison, and maybe even Justin Jefferson as well. So I, I like. Uh, going Dobbs in a, in a run game here. He's averaging 213 passing yards, 1.5 passing touchdowns, and then 56 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown with the Vikings. So you, you kind of you kind of get the upside of him running one in and taking it away yeah. from like you know somebody else uh, on the on the Vikings if you go with him. But he also has enough upside to be their highest scoring uh, player, even if he de- if he is hitting a, a receiver. You know, like let's say Hawkinson or, or Jefferson, more often than not, if they're like a clear number one, he could still, if he gets a rushing touchdown or even a ton of rushing yards, he could still be the highest scoring Viking uh, player. So, like that, yeah. the cat spot. Yeah, I love that. And he might spread it around. So, use him in the captain slot, stack him with Vikings yep. pass catchers. Um, but yeah, it'd be, it'd be tough to figure out which guy he's going to throw to more, JJ or TJ. 
So just just using Dobbs in the captain slot makes a ton of sense here. All right, who do you like for value mid-range guys? Uh, I'm going to go with the other running back in this game, which I'm I'm guessing it's going to be Ty Chandler. Uh, you know, Madison, uh, I believe he's in the concussion protocol, and we typically see guys miss at least one game uh, once they get in there. So I'm assuming Chandler's going to start. And he, he was actually the running back I originally thought would have the best chance to leapfrog Madison if there were going to be a running back to leapfrog him this year. Um, you know, unfortunately, it took – Cam Akers to go down, and then now Alexander Madison to go down for this to happen. But he was really mixing in 50-50, I feel like, with with Madison, even when both backs were healthy. And then once Madison left the game, that was it. He really did take over as a lead back. Um, you know, he's a smaller back, so I don't know if he can handle, like, 25-plus touches. So we might see them elevate, like, Dwayne McBride. I, I could see him mixing in on you early down. Gaskin again, too. Yeah. They oh, Gaskin's back? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like one of, those, someone's, one of those two. Yeah, someone's going to take, you know, a handful of touches, but I still think Chandler's going to get close to 15 touches. I think he he does have enough explosiveness to uh to have a good game. So, uh he opens the week as my RB20 assuming that Madison's out. So, uh I, I definitely like using him here on the one game slate. Yeah, I'm gonna go with uh with Hawkinson in this one. I mean, I think you mentioned like who is he gonna throw to more, Jefferson or Hawkinson? I think it's gonna be it is a chance to be Hawkinson because mm. Sertan, first of all, Jefferson's coming back off injury. We have Sertan there who's probably gonna be matched up on him a, a ton. But also Denver's been really bad against tight ends. They're twenty six in DVOA. They're giving up the most receiving yards per game to tight ends, just under sixty nine. So uh, I do think Hawkinson could have another uh, big game here. So like him uh, in the mid range. Uh, who do you like for dart throw? Do you like darts, Ted? Oh, okay. I'm more of a, you know, a cornhole man myself. Yeah. Uh, well, gonna have to go with Marvin Mims here. Um, you know, we're all screaming for him to get more playing time, uh, and then it finally happened. He he ran 28 routes last week. I think that was like a 77 percent routes run rate, which is by far his season high. But of course, he failed to draw a single target, um, and I think. <laughs> A lot of that had to do with, you know, the, the Broncos were playing with the lead for most of the game. Uh, and like I mentioned, they, they had good field position. You know, they kept getting turnovers, really good punt returns almost every time. So they just, they always had a short field with the lead. So that's not really a Marvin Mims type of game. So they didn't really have to open it up. But he's a good player to buy low on because if he is getting those routes, he's probably going to get a deep shot or two. Uh, maybe as soon as this week. So, you know, he's the kind of guy that can break the slate with just one or two catches. So th- this is a good time where maybe people kind of shy away from him after the zero catch game. But I, I definitely like the underlying usage and the talent. So um, this is a perfect spot to buy back in on him on the one game slate. He's got to blow up sooner or later through the air. Um, you know, good, great returner. But now that he's finally in that true wide receiver three role, I, I think it's only a matter of time. I'm going to go little Jordan Humphrey here because I think, you know, he's kind of the guy he's bumped down to the wide receiver four role now, but that's still kind of, he was the fifth wide receiver for most of the year. And I think everyone, you know, Mims is going to be pretty popular because he's finally in that number three role. So, but we've seen the Broncos do this in the past where Mims, like his route (laughs) participation rate goes up and then it it comes back down again. And the guy like Humphrey would be the guy to benefit in that situation, we saw it with Brandon Johnson over and over again earlier this year. So uh, Humphrey here probably won't see more than let's say twenty to forty percent of the of the routes, but 
uh, you know, in a one-on-one game slate, especially when he gives you leverage on a guy like uh, Marvin Mims, uh, I think he's worth taking a flyer on here. So go with uh, Will Jordan Humphrey. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Like they, they just gave Mims a ton of routes, didn't do anything. They could just be like, all right, well, let's go back to the timeshare with him and Humphrey. So yeah, at good lever. If people do go Mims way, Humphrey is definitely good leverage. All right, let's go to the one of the the, the rematch oh, yeah. of the Super Bowl. This is going to be a Oof. good good Monday nighter. Uh, yep. Both teams coming off a bye. You got the Eagles at the Chiefs. Chiefs favored by three. The total is forty six eight fifteen Eastern on ESPN ABC. Uh, luck rankings and both of these teams in the top eight in terms of most luckiest. Nothing really on the total uh, either. So yeah. uh, we'll get right into it. Uh, the captain spot. Who do you like? I'm going with AJ Brown. Uh, you know he's always been one of the better wide receivers in the game but this this year he's taken it to a whole new level uh seven straight games now with either 125 yards and or a touchdown um and now if you know Dallas Goddard expected to miss you know a handful of games uh should see his target rate go up even more if that was even possible uh and it's a game where you know the Eagles probably going to be more pass heavy they're three-point underdogs in KC so uh everything's setting up for brown to have a big game here i know he's going to be popular i don't care we'll get creative with the flex plays but uh gotta go with aj brown in the captain slot here yeah he's been on a tear uh so like that uh i will go i'm gonna go with kelsey i I think he's like you can't you can't fade kelsey against a defense that ranks 32nd dead last in (laughs) tvoa against tight end um you know we'll see you know maybe they'll do some things with, with with coverage to try to take him away but yeah, so he put up a season low 14 yards in the last game. So you know he's going to want to bounce back and coming out of the bye. I'm sure they'll have some creative ways to get him the football and get him some catches and, and get Taylor che- cheering for him uh, again. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you can't you can't just let Travis Kelsey come off a 14-yard game and not let him go ham in the next one in, in a Super Bowl rematch. So yeah. I, I think he is going to be uh, a, a a major – majors point scorer and, and, and producer in this one so uh, i'm willing to pay up uh, at least in some spots for him uh, who do you like for value uh well you know this game is sort of a mix of studs and scrubs so i would consider more of a dart throw but i, I do like justin watson here um sort of a you know value play kind of guy because you know he's he's out there you know over 70 percent of the time uh mahomes is dropping back and you know it's a low volume downfield threat so you know he could break the slate with just a couple catches and we've talked about it but he's essentially who we expected MVS to be in this offense it's really Watson is you know Mahomes guy downfield and you know he he was dealing with that hand injury so maybe following the bye week he's closer to 100% I would imagine he is Um, so I I think in terms of upside I think Watson is the most appealing play in the sort of mid-range plays yeah, it's it's uh it's it's been so hard to project how these Chiefs wide receivers are gonna <laughs> shake out, but Watson's been pretty consistently, you know, getting about fifty percent of the snaps and it actually jumped up even more uh in yeah. that last game before the bye. So we'll see if that continues, but uh definitely been been something to to uh to watch. Yeah, uh, do you I'm know a- if uh Richie James is returning this week? Like have you He's eligible? I'm not sure if he will will return but i don't know what his role would be he'd probably just be like the montreal washington role at this point just oh. like return <laughs> yeah because you got hardman here too so i don't know if yeah. they need him as much as they did you know earlier in the year right 
Yeah, he won't impact <clears throat> someone like Watson. It's just Tony Hardman, those guys, those rotational guys. He'll probably take snaps from if he even plays. Right, yeah. Um, I, I like Rashi Rice here. I know you're, you're kind of down on him this week, but I actually <laughs> like him in this spot because, number one, I love targeting rookies coming off, you know, bye weeks. And I think this is the time of the season when you're going to see him potentially separate himself because he's he's kind of been – he's been their most productive receiver, but he really hasn't been getting the playing time that you would think for, for a guy – that is has been their most productive receiver. He's kind of topped out at about 60% routes run rate. So that could go up. But also, I feel like Philadelphia is still, um, you know, vulnerable over those, you know, short intermediate areas. They, they still give up a lot uh, on the outside. But also, you know, on the inside, you know, N'Kobe Dean is hurt. Uh, I think Rasheed Rice yeah. can do some things kind of in that short to intermediate area. Usually, they're going to use, like um, – you know, MVS and Watson is those is those downfield guys to open things up. And Philadelphia has been a better defense on uh, deep passes than they have been on short passes. So they're ninth, they're twenty fifth in DVOA on short passes, but nineteenth. Uh, excuse me, yeah, nineteenth on deep passes. So I do think this kind of sets up for Rice to have a good game. Uh, so I'm going with him in the value plays. But I mean, it's a it's a it's yeah. a toss up with these with these receivers. Yeah. I like Watson too because I think Watson's always slept on. People don't realize that yeah. he's playing as many snaps. But yeah, right. I, I got to go back to Rice here because he's still and, decent price and uh, pretty productive. No, I agree. And uh, to be clear, uh, first when I initially started doing our, our outline, I put him in my high on guys because I thought, <laughs> oh, he's he's like a high uh, high upside wide receiver four. I think after the bye week, he could step up. And then I saw my rank compared to ECR and I was minus 15. So I was like, shit, I got to go the other way. I just wanted to bring him up and discuss him. So I agree. And I think one of the, one of the common things I've heard people talk about is uh, they need somebody other than Kelsey who can step up. So maybe the bye week they're really getting Rasheed Rice to really step up and not, you know, be Tyree kill, but have like a real number one receiver. Cause that's kind of what they're missing here. So I wouldn't be shocked if he has a good game. I'm probably going to get closer to your rank by the end of the week, but just wanted to be clear. I wasn't necessarily down on rice. I, I was high. I just noticed my, my initial, my initial rank at least was pretty low. Yeah. He's been, I mean, he's been fairly consistent. Hasn't had like a monster blow up, blow up game, but mm-hmm. he's had uh you know, 56 yards uh, and, or a touchdown in uh, all but two of his games. So seven out of nice. his nine games. So yeah, it's not, yeah. not too bad for rice but uh, who do you like for dart throws y'all take your darts over here pretty seriously huh well i'm getting wild here Let, let's go with albert O. Um, <laughs> you know, nice. dallas goddard's out uh yeah he's out for a few games i think so jack stoll should probably lead the tight ends uh tight end group and routes run but he he doesn't have much upside I, I wouldn't go that route uh grant calcaterra uh is questionable the concussion and you know he's very talented he could certainly step up in the the Goddard role, but the fact that he's out with a concussion scares me because that's that's why he fell to the sixth round. You know, I think he was probably like a fourth round talent, but he had like a concussion history in college. So the fact that he has a concussion scares me. Uh, maybe he's out again this week. So I think it'd be Albert O who could step up as you know the main pass catching tight end. Uh, certainly, it's not a given. Like it wouldn't shock me if Albert O is Albert Zero. This week, but he's certainly he's certainly worth a flyer, and we'll we'll probably know more by the time the game starts or closer to kickoff. 
But it wouldn't shock me if, you know, he runs around on 35, 40% of Jalen's dropbacks and he, he's a capable pass catcher. So we'll see. But I think he's definitely worth a, a dart throw here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he would be the, the receiving tight end kind of replacement yep. in that in that situation. So uh, he could see a big jump, especially, I mean, if Calcaterra is out, he has to. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Kenny Gainwell for my dart throw. I think this is one of those matchups where, you know, him being uh, playing a little bit more on passing downs can come into mm. play here because you don't usually – see the eagle they're eight and one but this is a game they're three point underdogs so this could be a, a negative game script uh for them and we've seen you know deandre swift he's getting on average about 70 percent of the designed backfield carries but when it comes to the routes you know he was down to 44 percent last game 56 percent the game before whereas Gainwell is around 30 35 percent so the split is a lot closer when it comes to passing down work for those two mm-hmm. and so you would get leverage on DeAndre Swift who obviously is expected to lead the back for the touches you'll get leverage on him uh and uh a, a guy who should be getting some work in the past game and you could see an uptick for a guy for a guy like Gainwell just because of the absence of Dallas Goddard because mm-hmm. I'm not sure what's going on with Quez Watkins, is he coming back this week? I think he's he might be out. No, he's got oh, like one uh, more no. game. He's one done. more game. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So who I mean, Julio, I guess, will be yeah. back on the roster. Uh and you have Zacchaeus there, but I I I would think they would look to target a guy like Gainwell over those guys mm-hmm. <laughs> for the most part. So yeah, I think Gainwell could see a little bit of uptick and the number three back, whether it's Scott or Penny, hasn't really been playing much for the Eagles this year. Yeah. So uh, I think Gainwell could have a, a pretty good game in the spot. All right. Uh, that is going to do it for the week number 11 night shift podcast. Be sure to check the full list of luck rankings over at actionnetwork.com. Bad beat on the, on the, uh, what was it? The Steelers? Weren't they the top <laughs> luck ranking? No, the, the Packers were the top luck ranker play. Yeah. In the last six years. And they, and they <laughs> miss an extra point and uh, at plus three and a half. I mean, yeah. that's, talk about luck. Talk that, about unlucky. <laughs> yeah, we need a luck ranking, luck ranking. Uh, that right, was up yeah. there. Uh, <laughs> that lateral, that lateral uh, was bad too. That, uh, oh, yeah, the yeah. Steelers, yeah, yep. that was pretty rough. Um, but yeah, that that was a rough game. Especially, I, I bought that half point, uh, mm. that missed extra point. Ah, damn, hurts. That is painful, yeah. But uh <laughs> You know, trust the process. Keep it going. Yeah. Uh, like I said, in these couple of matchups, both of these both matchups, the teams have been lucky. But uh, uh, the luck rankings are pointing toward the under in the uh, Vikings mm-hmm. and Broncos game. But yeah, be sure to check out the full list, actionnetwork.com, for more great fantasy content from Sean and I. Our full player projections episode is out right now over on the Action Network podcast channel, and our fantasy preview episode where we break down the main slate that is right here on the Fantasy Flex. ActionNetwork.com for all of our NFL fantasy and betting content. FantasyLabs.com for our DFS tools and models. Don't forget to join the Action Network Discord. That'll be uh, linked in the episode description. And you can find Sean on X at the underscore oddsmaker. I'm at Chris Raybon. And we're at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app. Good luck this weekend. Let's get this money.
Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.